0: What is the relationship between butterflies and ants? Joining us to discuss their Half Moon Hairstreak Butterfly Conservation Project is Dr. James Glazier, population ecologist at the Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo. Good morning to you, Doctor. Good morning. Well, I, I hear little Bernie tells me, uh, Doctor, that you're often down in Waterton Lakes National Park. What are you uh, working on? What are your projects down there?
1: Yeah, so I spend a lot of time in Waterton working and watching um the endangered butterfly called the moon Hairstreak. Um it's a small silvery butterfly about the size of a quarter um when it's a adult. Um and I spend a lot of time actually on my hands and knees watching the the caterpillar interact with ants where the caterpillar feeds on lupins and um, at the base of a lupin, and the ants also live with the lupin, and the ants protect the butterfly uh, larvae, and in return, the larvae produce this sugary substance called honeydew that the ants eat. And so they have this mutualistic relationship where they both benefit from each other um, and kind of help each other survive.
0: In your studies, is, is it common for species to, to interact with one another like this in the wild?
1: Yeah, so the mutualistic relationships um, are very common in, um, in our world. Uh, insects especially have a lot of them. So insects that uh, have large social structures such as ants or termites often have beneficial organisms that live with them. So with ants, we often encounter um, things like aphids that have a mutualistic relationship with ants on our plants in our backyard. But when it comes to other species like butterflies, um, it can be very important for these endangered butterflies to have the right populations of ants um, to protect them. And so these relationships become really important. And there are other species that have important relationships that, with uh, mutualisms like um, coral and algae, where um, the coral uh, reefs have an algae-mutualistic relationship that uh, help them build up those large structures in the ocean, or lichen that we find in our on our trees or within uh, the boreal forest. That uh, mutualistic relationship, a beneficial relationship between fungus and algae, as well.
0: Um, let's talk about the process because you're talking about not the butterfly but the you know uh, first stages in the caterpillar stage. How yeah. does this process work? Are you, are you down on your hands and knees with magnifying glasses? Can you break it down for us?
1: Yeah, so often what we do is we're, when we're down in Waterton, this butterfly lives in a really small area called the Blackiston Fan, about less than three kilometers squared. So it's this very small area. Um and we just walk transects and when we find uh, a a food plant, uh called the lupin, and maybe a lot of people know what have seen lupins in their gardens. They're these or when they go hiking in the mountains, they're these beautiful purple flower uh plants. Um the, when we find one of those plants that the larvae used to eat, we have to actually get down on our hands and knees and um, kind of look at the very base because the larvae, the caterpillar, feed on new growth. So the, they only like the new um, stems that are coming out off the plant. And so you have to get really close to the ground. Often you use uh, hand lenses or uh, your, or, like you said, a magnifying glass. And we just kind of watch and see how the larvae interact not only with the plant, but also with the ants. And we see if there are any other types of predators or um, parasites that might be trying to interact with those larvae that the ants might be protecting them from. Oh, well, and then what,
0: insane. Yeah. yeah, insane. I, I, I just, uh, the detail... Involved, Of course, we're speaking with Dr. James Glazier, population ecologist at Wilder Institute Calgary Zoo. Uh, uh, This is your world, so it just sounds very interesting to me because I'm looking in from the outside. But I want to bring it back to Waterton Lakes National Park. Is is this a phenomenon that only happens in that region, or why particular to that region is your study? Is it more abundant down there?
1: Yeah, so this butterfly um, is actually interesting in that it has a population that goes all the way down to from california all the way up to british columbia and into alberta however our alberta population is unique in that it's disjunct or isolated from all the other populations of half moon hair streak butterflies by about 450 kilometers so the closest next population is in actually in montana so we're studying the waterton population to try and see for one why it's unique and, and, and there and isolated? Is it potentially a subspecies of, of the Half Moon Hare streak? Is it something uh, else? Because we, we didn't know too much about it. Um, but we do know the population is declining. So we need to figure out what to do to protect that population. And so that's why we're down there studying this interaction between ants and the larvae, because it might tell us how to help Uh, preserve this population and make sure that it's there for generations to come.
0: Incredible stuff. A tip of the hat to all you do, and I will look at butterflies and ants differently now going along. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That is Dr. James Glazier, Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo Population Ecologist.